Whether you're on the go with a summer vacation or decide to spend your free time with a staycation, the No-So's got you covered. Relive your favorite era of wrestling with New Gen on a Mission, Wrestling Warzone, Extreme Three-Way Dance, or the Ruthlessly Aggressive Podcast. Keep in touch with the modern era with GC Dub, Clotheslines and Headlines, you know what that means, and Viewer's Choice. Or sit down and nerd out with No Holds Barred, WWE War, or The Wrestler That Was. It's summertime, and the living is easy. Because you've got the North-South Connection. NorthSouthConnection.com In the air to left field. Back at the track at the wall. We are tied. Look at this. He's landing I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Both from the What's up, Connection? Viewers and listeners, welcome into Duty War, the nerdiest podcast experience you'll ever find here on the North-South Connection and beyond. If you're watching us, welcome into our YouTube channel. Hopefully, you'll take a moment to subscribe and leave a comment or two. And if you're uh, listening, thank you as well. We are simulcast and audio video across all of our podcast network applications by searching the North-South Connection. I'm with my buddy Marcus. How are you? Good man. Uh, much like half of our New York Yankees roster, uh, I should be on the IL right now. But uh, I'm pretty pumped to be here talking about uh, our next set of shows. I'm on the permanent IL. I'm just gonna call it. <laughs> That's where I'm at. Uh, anyway, buddy, it's always good to Els, be here. Oh, Ellsbury. I know. If I could get that contract to be heard all the time, I'd do it. <laughs> We're here on WD War, Wrestling Above Replacement. We are watching every pay-per-view in company history. We're doing it in a seasonal format, and that starts with the pay-per-view following WrestleMania in any given year. Wrapping up with the WrestleMania the following year. We are ranking every single match we watch, uh, giving those a score, a combined score, and netting that out. 
And then we uh, grade every show in a series of categories. If you think of the most average wrestling thing ever, that is a replacement level activity, just a basic match, good, solid commentary, a fine crowd. If we think something is better or more deserving of recognition than this being standard, it gets a plus. If it's worse and it detracts from the show, it gets a minus. We tally that all up. We net it out. And that's our final war score for the show. We're then ranking every pay-per-view in history as well as every season. We are now toward the tail end of the 2001-2002 season. It's always exciting, of course, as we tick away toward uh, the end of the year to get to our awards, etc. Before we do that, though, Marcus, do you want to take a moment to uh, explain what categories we use? Yep. The categories are rather simple. Uh, We start off with build commentary the atmosphere notable moments and importance match grades card structure rewatchability and all-time matches in jt an all-time match for us for it to be a plus is anything that is uh 4.25 and above for both of us and for it to be a minus it is anything that is 0.75 and below okay very good of course hanging out with us as always is producer tim and want to give him a shout out this is old news by the time this drops, but our, our man got engaged, so hey. big props to him and his new boy. So, hi, Tim. It's a screwy box, but congrats. <laughs> I did it. <laughs> you did it, buddy. You did it. <laughs> all right, he's out. Um, all right, so we're going to kick things off. We're actually doing three shows tonight. Generally, we just cover two, but we got hands. We'll save the mistake talks for later. Um, but it's, it's uh, you know. Is what it is. Let him have his happiness today. The uh, on the show, we usually just do cover two pay per views, but tonight we're covering three because we wanted to massage it a bit to have WrestleMania 18 stand alone because it's such a big show uh, that we wanted that to be solo. So tonight we're going to start with Rebellion because on the show we do cover the UK pay per views as they occurred, and Rebellion took place November 3rd, 2001, from the Manchester Evening News Arena in Manchester, England, 15,612. Jim Ross. And Paul Heyman, thankfully, on commentary. Usually when we get the UK show, sometimes we get slipped to the uh, the D team. And we don't get, uh, I think earlier in the year, I think we had Cole and Heyman on one of those ones earlier in the year. Yeah, so. it was rough. Uh, we had a dark match. It was Billy and Chuck defeating Just Incredible and Lance Storm of the Alliance. And this is very much still in the tail end of the invasion. But we're getting the full-on... Uh, WWE versus WCW stuff all through this card. This is still carrying on, uh, but we're in the end days for sure. Like we are <clears throat> nearing the final, final, final days of the invasion. Um, all right, let's get to our matches on the evening. We started off with the IC title in line as Edge defended against Christian, a rematch from our last two pay per views. Edge retained his IC title in this. I thought it was pretty much. In line with their first match at Unforgiven, I gave that a three. You gave it a three and a quarter. No Mercy, we both liked the latter match a decent amount. We're at four. Uh, I went three and a quarter on this one. I thought it was a very solid opener. Got the show kicked off well. I like starting off with the IC title. That's kind of been a thing here on and off in 01. And I thought it worked out well. Uh, And I should mention, too, this was inside a cage. So, you know, we got a pretty cool gimmick out of the gate for the – Manchester crowd here and Christian ends up getting hung up in the cage and, and edge sneaks out. So three and a quarter for me, Marcus on that one. Yep. Three and a quarter for me as well. Uh, a cool moment. Uh, I guess this, I think this is the farewell to the, uh, the big blue steel cage that is mm. now painted black for the attitude era. Um, so that's like a cool fun note and it's a big match. Like you said, to start out the show because 
feel like with these UK pay-per-views, we kind of uh, limp to the main events, which usually deliver on these shows. But um, this was a, a good match uh, to start out the show with some some they heavy. Black Cage by now, right? So was this like? You think they just had the blue cage left in England from like past shows, and they just had it in the warehouse there somewhere because they had the black one by now because like McMahon and. Austin 99 had the black cage. I think the Hardys and Edge and Christian had it as well. So this must have just been like a remnant that they had locally. Yeah, I think this was this was left behind maybe from the Triple H Rock cage match from was that 99? I think we covered yeah. uh, during the project. So yeah, I think it's probably just uh, left over hanging around in some uh, warehouse. Warehouse. <laughs> um. You're back. Sorry, I've been having uh, connectivity issues. That's my bad. You're good. Uh, we're talking about Sky Tuhati and the Hurricane? Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, two and a half for me. Uh, replacement level match, if there ever was one. Yeah, I went two and a half. I was pretty surprised, honestly, that Scotty won. Um, I know we're kind of doing the, whatever, special, you know, send the fans home happy kind of thing on these shows sometimes. But, like, Hurricane was getting pretty pushed at that time frame. So like, it seemed odd unless they were just trying to get the worm pop. I know Scotty had been out for a bit, so I don't, I don't know if he had just come back and I know they're about to start the team with him and Albert. So maybe they were like in a low key start pushing him a bit, but it just felt weird given where hurricane was like going back and forth with Austin as part of the invade, you know, the uh, Alliance and all that stuff. He had just really started the full on superhero gimmick. So that one caught me off guard. I went to and a half as well, but it was definitely weird. Yep. Keep Scotty hot. <laughs> Keep him hot, Scotty too hotty. Um, all right, up next is uh, pretty much just uh, squash shitty. That's Big Show defeating DDP in three minutes. DDP is uh, scuffling a bit. I went one and a half. He's starting the motivational stuff here. You know, a little bit of that seeping in. We're past the stalker at least. But he's clearly already a bit on fumes. Um, I'm glad he's still getting paid and still getting a show up here. Um, but this was, you know, really, really quick. And big shows with the WWF. I can never keep track of where he's at, but that's where he's at at this point. Yep. Uh, one and three quarters, 1.75 for me. Uh, didn't care for this a whole ton. Yeah. Um, our next match is for the WCW tag team titles. And it is uh, the Dudley boys taking on the APA and the Hardy boys. Uh, Dudley boys are going to retain. Uh, I went with a 2.75. Yeah, I thought this is uh, pretty solid. I went three. I mean, these teams just, especially the Hardys and Dudleys, like they just know each other. Like you're going to get a baseline match from them. APA, I'd say they're kind of nearing the end of their peak of powers, but they're still pretty solid in the ring. I think my bigger issue is at a macro level with the tag division during this stretch, and we're going to see it over the next few shows. It always comes back to the Hardys and Dudleys during this time period. With Edge and Christian gone, is them and everything. Like, we're going to see it again next month. Then we're going to see it again at WrestleMania. It's, it's like it just always feels like it's Hardy's Dudley's, Hardy's Dudley's. And I get it. They're kind of iconic teams. They try, we'll see, to give the Hardys a little break. Um, that doesn't quite work. I think they knew the Dudley's maybe were nearing a time where they may need a break. But it just feels like we went from, you know, a year ago, this was lauded as one of the best tag division eras in company history to this point. You know, people compare it to 87 to 89 with, you know, a real hotbed of tag teams. And then you look at it like it thinned out fast. Like, And, and that's crazy, too, because 
with the invasion, you had this huge influx of talent from ECW, WCW. Like, why are we so thin in the tag division to where it's like Hardys and Dudleys and nobody else? And that's what it feels like. We'll get a couple teams popping up in early 02, but for the most part, it's seems like it's always them. Yeah, even the tag teams that were like kind of already set, like Palumbo and O'Hare, like there's no reason they shouldn't be in this mix, but you know, they're broken up and you know, sent to OVW or whatever. Um, they're kind of like toying around Lance Storm, not sure what to do with him. Like he could have been put in a tag team. There's lots of people they could have put in tag teams, uh, and even like tag team acts they could have kept together just to keep things fresh. Uh like chronic wasn't that bad looking back at the uh, Unforgiven show. Yeah, but, I think that was a miss you know. by them not to try and give them another chance. Like just totally yeah. sandbag them because of that one bad match. Uh when I think they're a team that could have used for depth for sure. Mm-hmm. Like them in this right. four-way would have been fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, all right. Up next, we have a, a Rajiri. A Regal taking on Tajiri. Again, I have this replacement level, two and a half. Of course, these guys split up. Um, they had been friends, tight friends, throughout most of the year. When Regal turned prior to No Mercy and joined the Alliance, uh, he ended up, obviously, Tajiri stayed behind with the WF, and they've been feuding a little bit here. Regal wins it clean, which I think made sense. He's obviously in a position more for a push, but I, I'd, I'd call this a little disappointing, especially Regal's hometown. You'd expect maybe a little more out of him, but it goes under six minutes. Yep, two and a half for me. Uh, slightly disappointing, but not bad by any stretch. Um, yeah, ex- expect more for Regal in England, but uh, that takes us to our WCW title match as Chris Jericho is going to successfully defend against Kurt Angle. Uh, I went three and a half, and uh, just for storyline purposes, I do believe we are, are we are at the point where Angle is the mole uh, for yes. Team WAF infiltrating the alliance. Yes, Angle is representing the alliance here. I went through in three quarters. I like this a lot. I think it's kind of a hidden gem of an Angle Jericho match uh, when you think of their rivalry together. Uh, Angle beats the shit out of him after. That looked pretty good. Jericho kind of snuck out the win. And this is during Jericho's super push, right? We start him fight the Rocket and Mercy. He's going to be a top guy heading into the winter, obviously. So um, this is at a position where he's really being pushed heavily. I like this a lot. This definitely caught me off guard for sure. All right. We have uh, the women throwing down here before our main event. Lita and Tori Wilson defeat Mighty Molly and Stacey Keebler. Um, Trish Stratus was the special guest referee. It's it felt just like a chance to have the the ladies go out there and get showcased here. Um, but they are starting to build out the division. I mean, we'll see a big step forward at our next show that we're going to talk about in a few minutes here, uh, as far as the women's division goes. But I went one and three quarters. Yeah, two for me. They're filling out the division. Um, I didn't think Stacy looked nearly as bad as I expected. Um, mm. kind of like kept her strengths. Uh, they kept everything pretty short. Um, and uh, that takes us to the main event, which is for the WF title. And it is Stone Cold Steve Austin successfully defending against Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Uh, I went four and a quarter. Uh, these guys just have amazing chemistry. This is a forgotten about gem. Um, it's another staple of these UK shows with like the main events really delivering. Uh, and this was no exception. Yeah, I mean, this was... Um like kind of the hidden rock Austin match that's out there as well. I mean, they obviously we know their legacy of matches um, that are documented, but this one is kind of nestled in here late in 01 uh, in Manchester. And I went four and a quarter as well. They gave him a lot of time to close the show. 22 minutes. That angle match was 24 minutes. That pretty much those two together are like the bulk of the show. 
Um, you get some tomfoolery at the end with Jericho and Angle, and then uh, Austin ends up hitting the stunner to retain after Angle hits Rock with the belt. Um, so yeah, I, I liked it. I liked it a lot to close the show. I can't say there was a lot here overall on this on this event, but I think these two matches alone, if you were making like a comp, are two matches that are worth checking out uh, from Rebellion. The rest is kind of whatever. It was an easy watch. I'm not gonna say it was like a rough watch or anything, but those two matches for sure absolutely carry the show. Um, so what we do, Marcus, is we take your match grade, my match grade, we take the average, and then we do a plus minus from two and a half to determine each match's war. Uh, so if our average match score was two, uh, you know, or whatever was a three, right? It gets a 0.5 plus 0.5. If our average match score is a one and a half, it gets a minus one. We add all those up and our total match score for rebellion was a three, uh, which, you know, I'd say three is what average for us, but I think it's disappointing for a one. When you look at some of our other scores uh, that we had in here, like we had seven and three quarters in Our Mercy, five at Unforgiven, eight at SummerSlam, you know, four in Invasion. So this is kind of in that world. But I think for 01, where especially at a show like this, where they're kind of giving them some time a little bit, uh, I would say three is maybe a little disappointing. Yeah. Um, Might have uh, over exceeded a little bit for a UK show. I'd have to compare it to the other UK shows. Um but yeah, definitely not up to the standard as we've seen the, uh, this season. All right, let's get over to our categories then and see how the rest of the show is going to shake out. So uh, for builds, we gave a point for the big time main event. Lots of build baked in. Christian winning the European title. Edge and Christian still rolling along. What has debuted? It's not yet too annoying. Uh, we have Angle's turn and him and Austin cleaning house. Helping Shane be Vince. That was well done. Also winning the U.S. title. Uh, Jericho Rock feud uh, boiling with Jericho trolling Rock has finally had enough. And so Jerry Regal's friendship blows up with Regal turning. All right. Uh, for our minuses, we have uh, Austin versus Rock for the invasion. Uh, all this supremacy is really silly uh, looking at it. Angle joining the alliance uh, feels absurd at this point. DDP aspiring uh, to the motivational speaker gimmick uh, before the invasion even ends. Uh, feels like he's at the end of the road. Um, also a really weird turn from the, uh, the stalker character to a motivational speaker. Uh, Jericho and Rock win the WF tag titles. Then they use the titles as a prop uh, for their feud. It's old partners that don't get along. Um, titles flip-flopping back and forth. Uh, hard to keep track, like what title is where, and we've seen that with uh, the infiltration of the WCW titles too. It's just a lot of moving pieces, and none of it feels super important. All right, all right. So that's the net of a two there. Uh, let's get to our commentary. Uh, there was a good job telling the stories all night within the match. I mean, Jared Heyman is so good at it, so we gave him a two just because you know to kind of cover the work. We give a point for Heyman hyping Hurricane. He's always great playing up the superhero stuff. Really gets the character over. A point for Heyman being locked in with his one-liners, pushing JR all night. Just a great antagonist. Uh, and then a point for him crushing it, hyping Angle. Is an all-time great master. Just master putting guys over. Makes Angle seem so legitimate. We know he's legitimate, but Heyman really adds to it. Yeah. Uh, for our minuses, we've got... Um, sorry. Doop. Uh, we've got, I guess, uh, Humorous and Chavo arguing over who interviews the Divas. That might go to... No, no, I wanted it there because it's, it's kind of okay. like, they're supposed to be like backstage interviewers. Um, yeah, you're right, yeah. So, like, it's kind of like they're the commentary team. They're like the roving reporters all night. It's super yeah. annoying. It, it's weird. They're awful. They're not funny. It's a weird use of them. 
like, are they comedy guys? I thought they were part of the alliance that's invading, and they're, like, stooging around backstage. Like, who's interested in seeing Hugh Morris playing, like, you know, Kramer and, and Elaine <laughs> scooping out backstage? Like, I don't know. It just, the whole thing just felt weird. And then this part's creepy, where they're, like, perving on the girls in the locker room and everything. Yeah, and, like, piggybacking off that, like... Paul Heyman creeping on uh, Stacy Keebler on commentary. Like mm-hmm. that's the only detriment to like the actual commentary of the show. Um, yeah. Very re- replacement level, but yeah, humorous and Chavo uh, didn't need any of that ever. All right. So it ends up being a plus three. Uh, let's get to atmosphere. There's a lot going on here. Uh, we have a, a point for edges, Rob zombie entrance, which is also, you know, always awesome. We have the air horns blaring. We always give a point for the British air horns, uh, a point for the dying days of the old school, big bar cage. Um, you know, adds that great clanky aesthetic to the show, a point for the crowd is being red hot for the worm for Scotty, a point for the Hardy's entrance, a point for Jericho's entrance, a point for Lita, who was awesome and over, uh, and a point for the crowd is being red hot through the main event. And yep. we had no and negatives, we, Marcus. Yeah. Yep, and nothing in the minus. So that's an eight for atmosphere, which is uh, should be a big chunk of the score here for this one. Uh, for notable moments, we only had two. Uh, it's the only ever face rock versus heel Austin match on pay-per-view. So kind of, again, a little bit of a hidden note here on the show. And then we give the point for the last appearance of the uh, classic steel bar cage. Oh, and our only minus is uh, Hurricane losing to Scotty. Feels a bit counterproductive for trying to heat up Hurricane. All right. Match grades, we gave a three. Uh, notable moments is a plus one. Card structure, we gave a point for opening with the European champion on UK pay-per-view. Uh, inside a cage, you know, a long match with Christian. So I think, you know, that was a cool choice. And then, of course, using Regal in his hometown is always a plus. Yeah, we got a bit more for the minuses, though. Uh, we got Sky Tuhati being dragged out on the UK card to fill things out. We've got random matches with no real story or explanation throughout the card. Just feels like they're, you know, they're filling spots as glorified uh, jacked or, you know, whatever other weekend syndicated show. Uh, the tag division feels uh, really not important. Uh, a lot of that depth took a hit. Um, always back to the Hardys and Dudleys, uh, like mm-hmm. we were talking about. And uh, Trish's ref really makes no sense, uh, especially with where they're going to go with her. You know, not find a way to get her in the match. Um, just feels like a gratuitous opportunity to get all the hot chicks on the show. Yep. So it's a minus two for card structure. Uh, rewatchability. This is, uh, you know, not maybe a notable moment or a match, but it's like a, something that would be worth going back to the show to check out again or avoid at all costs. Um, so we gave a point for... Just the whole thing in the back that they do throughout the show. Austin is messing with Angle. They're at a mafia-style table with Shane, uh, McMahon, and Deborah. Uh, Austin's just kind of taking shots at Angle the whole time, like dialing it right back to where they were. And of course, of course, he's mad at Angle, even though he's part of the Alliance. Like they've been feuding all summer, and he's in a blood feud. Um, Angle's comparing them to the Knights of the Round Table. Shane is Merlin. Uh, Austin snaps. He calls Angle annoying. He says, "I want to be back in Texas," uh, which is funny. So that, that that little skit and stuff was good. Yeah, I really enjoyed that segment. Um, I almost went plus two. Like, I, I I really think it is worth going back and watching that uh that little promo around the round table. Uh, for the minuses, we've got uh again another another docked point for Chavo and Humoris creeping on the divas all night. Uh, Vince's dark tan leather jacket over a brown shirt with black pants, Cabo. Uh, he looks like a uh, money laundering uh, church deacon. Uh, Cole looking absurd with his highlights and baggy jeans, the big belt, uh, the turtleneck, 
being all weird and uncomfortable Rough to watch honestly. Uh, while rock <laughs> questions his uh yeah his sexuality so that was a uh a not so good uh look back into the time capsule there all right uh for matches we had one all-timer rock austin because we both had an average of four and a quarter or higher uh no all-time bad which should be uh three quarters of a star or lower so that brings us to a total score of 14 for rebellion marcus i think Probably feels about right. I mean, that's going to slot it in at, let's see, 50th all time for us out of 87. So a little worse than half. I think that, that I would have guessed. Um, I think the crazy thing is, and again, I, I feel like WrestleManias don't do as well as maybe they should in general, because I think we just nitpick them a bit more on the show. But, I mean, this finished slightly ahead of WrestleMania 2000, which, again, I know WrestleMania 2000 is pretty maligned, but um, it's a half a point behind WrestleMania 28 uh, and Royal Rumble 93. Uh, it's a point behind, or less than a point behind Payback 15, a point behind Money in the Bank 15. It's behind WrestleMania 2. So it kind of shows you about where it's at. It's a point ahead of No Mercy 99, a point and a half ahead of Rebellion 99. So it's like right in that right in that spot you would expect it to be. Um, WrestleMania 28 to me is like one of the more curious ones. I don't know. Maybe someday we watch that one. I feel like whenever we go down that list and see that there, it seems to really pop. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, WrestleMania 28 feels like a curious case. But again, I remember like it's the Brodus Clay and the Dancing Mamas. It's yeah. uh, that big Team Teddy, Team Johnny thing that like sucks up all the talent. So yeah, but it feels right. It feels right where it's at. Um, especially again, being a UK show, it's right there with, I think you said rebellion 99. So yeah, which is like right on it tracks. Yeah. All right. So why don't we go ahead and get into our next show? Uh, we're going to dive into survivor series 2001. This is obviously a very well-known famous show. November 18th, 2001 from the Greensboro Coliseum complex in Greensboro, North Carolina, 13, 142 in attendance. Uh, we have Jim Ross and Paul Heyman for the final time, sadly, on commentary. And we open things up with a dark match. It's a six-man as the Alliance team of Just Incredible, Lance Storm, and Raven defeat Albert, Scotty Tuhati, and Spike Dudley. So, hot, uh, you know, six-man to kick the show off. Alliance gets the big win. <laughs> I'm guessing that was on heat. And uh, then we headed, yes, it was. Uh, and then we head into our show proper, Marcus, and we kick things off with the European title on the line. And that features Christian retaining his belt against Al Snow. You know, Al Snow in 01 is probably going to be about his replacement level as it gets. And that is exactly what this was for me, two and a half. Christian keeps his belt. Snow is just there to hype tough enough. Uh, that's pretty much where we're at. Yep, two and a half for me. Um... Yeah, it might even overperformed, uh, but you know it's got Christian, so I feel like it can't be uh, too far below two and a half. Uh, our second contest on the card is Tajiri taking on William Regal once again. Uh, I thought this was in line with their match from Rebellion. I went two and a half. Yeah, uh, I had it the same. I went uh, two and you know two seven five, so right around there. And again, I agree with you. If the rebellion match felt like it was a template for what they used for this one. They were probably using yep. it around the horn. This one got you know a, actually less time. That was like six minutes. This was three, so this felt really shoehorned in. Uh, we know Regal set for a push post uh, the invasion, so obviously he gets to win here. All right, we have a unification match up next, and that is uh, the U.S. title on the line against the Intercontinental title. 
as Edge defends against our boy, Marcus, the one and only. Not the last we'll see a test tonight. Uh, but he does lose here to Edge to unify the mid-card titles. I went three. I feel fine. Again, I mean, if we're looking for Edge to take that step, though, like this is one maybe it's like to see him carry and move up a little bit, but uh, just kind of is, is good. Yeah, I thought this was more so a, uh, a better showing for Test than it was for Edge. Like if I was separating the match grades, I'd give this like a three and a half for Test and like a two and a half for Edge. Uh, Test is like really moving and pushing the pace with Edge. Uh, and these are two bigger guys anyways. Like I know Edge is, you know, on the thinner side of what he's going to end up being. But both of these guys are well over 6'4". Test has got to be pushing 300 pounds. He's uh-huh. jacked to the gills here. Um, this is one of those matches like I think we get used to the current day WWE style and pacing, especially on uh, pay-per-views or premium live events. Like go back and watch this. This – the pacing is crazy and test like keeps up the whole way. And I don't think he gets enough credit for how quickly he can move as a big guy, but uh, good enough for three. And I really like the finishing stretch too. I thought they had a, a hot finishing stretch there. Uh, was that three for you as well? Right? Yes. Yep. All right. Uh, next up is another unification match as it is for the WCW and WWF tag team titles as the Dudley boys will unify both sets of belts, defeating the Hardy boys inside a solid steel cage. Uh, I went three and a quarter. Uh, I felt like maybe too many things were trying to be pushed at one time. Like were you doing title unification? The Dudleys are kind of feeling a bit stale or stuck in the mud and then you've got like all the backstage drama with like Matt and Lita, but then like Jeff and Matt are having some dissension, and then like Jeff with the risk taking. Ah, eh, it could have been a lot better, but again, three and a quarter is is nothing to sneeze at. Um, a solid enough effort. I went three and a half. I liked it as a match, but I also like your point um, because it feels like you can see something slipping in. Um, where they're starting to set up for life post-invasion, right? And this is one of them. We're starting to set up some tension with the Hardys, some stuff with Lita. And in the match, Jeff does the dive off the cage instead of escaping. So there's like, you know, a little bit of kind of setting the tone for stories to come. So like they're kind of serving both things, right? During the show on, on whether you see it obviously or not, like they were doing things that weren't as obvious that they were setting up, but they're, they're doing stuff like this that they clearly starting to build some tension. So I think they do a good job um of doing that all right up next is the immunity battle royal so this was a match to determine who would have immunity from the losing side whoever um yeah whatever <laughs> whatever side won uh whatever side lost they could not be fired so if they were on the alliance and the alliance loses they wouldn't be fired for a year immunity battle royal uh, our boy test uh, angry from earlier in the night uh, jumps. Uh, who does he beat up? Is it Scotty? Who does he attack? I forget. I think he beats up Scotty too hotty. Yeah, he beats up Scotty. He takes his place in the Battle Royal and then ends up winning the Battle Royal to gain immunity. Um, I did like it as a match as a Battle Royal. Like, I usually, I'm back and forth on grading Battle Royal sometimes, but I thought this was a fully four match. I went two and a quarter. But Marcus, it does have one of my favorite all-time moments 
in wrestling history. And when it comes down to Billy Gunn and Test at the end of the match, and you got Billy Gunn, who's not been over at all for at least a year now. Um, he's got the great music, which we know. So we know he's got that, but that's all he's got. Otherwise, he's been labeled double trouble shit on a stick by Vince McMahon. Um, he's got nothing else going on. But in that moment, in front of that Greensboro crowd, Test is on one side of the ring. He's on the other. Sets up the famouser, keys it up. That crowd pop was like when Foley won the world. <laughs> like they all go up. He is shocked. He looks around like, you're cheering for me? This is what? <laughs> he looks at the crowd and then Tess kicks him in the face and he's out. Um, it was an, It's one of my favorite moments. It's so fucking funny. Like I loved it at the time watching it live and it stayed with me all this time. Like just that look he gives. Like, we could not believe he was getting that pop in that moment. I love it. It's iconic. You would have thought like 87 Hogan came out. <laughs> like it was insane. Two and a half for me. Uh, pretty standard battle royal. Um, I like the bit of business there with Test and Billy Gunn at the end. Uh, extra half half point for uh, for the the height of Billy Gunn's 2001. <laughs> <laughs> um, our uh, semi main event is. Uh, to crown a new women's champion. Uh, the title has been in abeyance since China left the promotion uh, earlier in the season. So we've got Trish Stratus victorious over Jacqueline uh, Lita, Jazz, Ivory, and Mighty Molly. And I went 2.75. Uh, I thought this was a really, really solid effort from all the ladies. Um, it feels like they're already like light years ahead of where they should be. I think if you look even just earlier on in the season, um, outside of like that Lita and China match, I, and Ivory maybe, like I don't know who else you could really count on early on in the season for a solid match. So um, I thought this was really good. The women's division, this is kind of the stake in the ground moment um, for sure for the next generation of women's wrestling in the WF. We had the original 80s, right? That kind of died off. We had the rebirth in the mid 90s, uh, in 94, the Lundra Blaze that lasted for a couple of years. Then this kind of came back around with Sable. They brought back the women's title that went away. Now we're back again. And this is kind of like the path to today. Like we never are without a women's title or a female wrestling again in the company. And it's focused on from here on out. Yes, for the next couple of years, still get some of the brown panties and the nonsense, but. There is a lot of actual wrestling um, and pre presentation of characters from here on out till today. Um, mm -hmm. It evolves, obviously, greatly, but it kicks off. Uh, Heyman is pumped to have Jazz uh, on premises, so that was a big debut. Um, Trish, I think, was a pretty surprising winner. I don't think anyone looked at her um, as someone who would carry the division or be looked at as a serious worker. She'd gotten better. You know, the match with Stephanie earlier in the year was, was great, um, and she's been fine. But I think when you look at the other names in that match – Namely, Jazz. I think you would assume she was winning when she came out. Molly was still kind of over. Lita's Lita, right? I mean, she at that point is looked at as a, you know, one of the stalwart workers. Jackie's kind of faded. Ivory's kind of faded. Uh, but I, I think Trish winning, I'd say, was an upset over Jazz. So I went two and a half again. I think this is solid for what you would expect from a, a women's, um, you know, women's match. So, uh, all right, that brings us to our main event, which is the brawl to end it all. 
The Rock, Chris Jericho, The Undertaker, Kane, and Big Show taking on Steve Austin and Kurt Angle, Booker T, Rob Van Dam, and Shane McMahon. Uh, this is for, for all the marbles in the evasion. Team WF versus Team WCW. It's elimination style, Survivor Series, classic Survivor Series style, which I like that touch. Um, so this is it. Uh, it was originally supposed to be Vince in the match, but he ends up subbing in Big Show for him. So he's getting a little push, I guess, back late in the evasion here after not doing much all year. Uh, Shane keeps his own spot in the match, of course, in typical Shane O'Mac fashion. Uh, but this is a lot of fun. I mean, I think it's up there with the invasion match. They give it 45 minutes, which has to be one of the longest Survivor Series style matches they've done outside of maybe those tag ones, like in 87, 88. Uh, but this has to be up there pretty high. And uh, I went four and a quarter. I mean, you could argue on some level, maybe it underperformed a bit, but there's some good mix of story stuff. In the end, The Rock beats Austin. We'll talk about that. <laughs> but uh, Angle's revealed as the mole. He turns Jericho. Plants the seeds for heel run. So, like, a lot of stuff happens in here, which is fine. But it felt like the big dogs were chosen correctly. I mean, like I said, Shane maybe coming out and, like, DDP sneaking in just to pay off him being a main player. I know he's kind of a goof now at this point in the evasion. But, I mean, for a while, he was at least the top top part of it. That would be my only criticism. Yeah, they could have, you know, gone for the three-peat and uh, snuck Test onto the team last week. <laughs> yes, but... there you go. Yeah, um, four and a quarter for me. It does feel like it underperformed a bit, but it's still it's still an all time match, especially when you put it in the uh, the, the pantheon pantheon of uh, Survivor Series pantheon. matches. Yeah. Thank you. Um, when you compare it to other Survivor Series styles matches, this one uh, fits as an all time classic. Um, I was only really disappointed with like RVD going out kind of early. I mean, mm-hmm. he got to forget who he eliminated, but I know he got the frog splash in there. Like he, he got to look really good, but um, another end, like they got him out before it became really focused on like Jericho turning and then angles like turn and Austin rock. So like, at least they kind of seemed focused with like the parts that were going to be moving at the end. Right. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think it's less egregious than No Mercy with the treatment of RVD here because the Alliance just isn't winning. Um, you need him in there because he's a big name. I guess the only thing you could have done is have him say, I don't care either way. Like, I'm, I'm the hottest free agent. I'm going to have a job no matter what, right? So, um, yeah. And, well, and he is hardcore champion, so he does have a job. He's hardcore so you, champ, yeah. yeah. So you could have left him out of the match and just had him fight. Say I'm not being part of this. I don't care because I got a job either way. Maybe that even enhances him more than having him here. But it's such a star power main event. He's one of the biggest stars they got. So yeah, it's it's probably nitpicking to say you know leave him out. <laughs> I don't know if that helps anything. Um, all right, so that gives us a total war score of three point seven five for the matches, which I'll say feels disappointing, Marcus. Um, for a show this big, so uh, that's I would say I'd call that average-ish for us and you'd expect maybe more on this one all right let's get to our categories for build we gave three points for the being the big blow off of the invasion angle i think that's a worthy three points for sure uh we have regal into jerry's old friends turned enemies and regal attacking tory uh we gave a point for the edge test ramp up with test costing edge the hardcore title escalating with test winning the ic and edge winning the us so the kind of flip-flopping uh, Mick Foley's commissioner announces all the title consolidations. Um, we have a point for the Hardy starting to fall off the same page going into the match tonight. And then Shane replacing Big Show on the Alliance team. He jumps ship, like I mentioned 
Uh, last show, he's kind of all over the place. Uh, he was beating up DDP, but he's, I, I don't know what he, where he's at at this point, but uh, he's back on DWF going into the show. All right. Uh, for our minuses, we have uh, no build for Al Snow and Christian. Uh, we got hot potatoes going on with all the titles. Um, it's out of control and impossible to track. And then uh, big show changing sides again. All right. So it's a plus five for build. We got to head over to commentary. We give up three points for Heyman and JR just antagonizing, ramped up uh, all night to match the stakes. Like as the show goes, they're getting more and more aggravated with each other more and more acerbic so they really match the heat of the show a point for Heyman saying won't this be the third time you were fired here which is a great line <laughs> uh, a point for Heyman uh, doing a great job hyping jazz like I said she he puts her over a big time as a star when she shows up uh, and then a point for Heyman shitting on Hebner he said a guy tapping never stopped him for calling the bell before at a Survivor Series <laughs> when Austin had the sharpshooter on so that was funny too yeah, lots of good lines on this night. Really liked uh, them egging each other on. It's not something I remembered. Yeah, uh, listening to the commentary on the show, so that was a, a nice surprise. Uh, for our minuses, we've got Jr. calling Heyman a woman uh, all night. Uh, Jr. backhand his back. He gives a backhand compliment to Big Show, uh, saying he could be a difference maker or make some big dumb mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> and then he like gets eliminated like thirty seconds later. <laughs> Um, and then there's so much talk of people being out of a job and it's like, all right, but there's one place to work. Like the Hardy boys aren't going to go like bag groceries, you know, like right. obviously they're going to be, you know, wrestling still. So it was just a little too much. I thought, uh, with the talk of people being out of jobs. I think one way they could have done it could have been to, not say they're going to be out of jobs or out of business. They could have said like, they're just going to be in power. Mm -hmm. Right. So instead of saying we're putting the WF out of business or the Alliance out of business, you could just say, look, due to the contract signed, both sides are here to stay, but the winning side gets full control and say over everything. And if that happens, you may get fired as part of it. Right. That kind right. that positions a little bit differently. Maybe the stakes don't feel as intense, but like you said, it's kind of fake anyway. So it's like, whatever. But I think it could have maybe played a little bit better that way if you do that. Yeah, you could just have like the WWF guys again, like just using the Hardy Boys because I know they talked about it in their backstage promo. Like instead of being out of a job, it's like I don't want to work for WCW or I don't want to be part of the alliance. Like I think that's a, a better angle to take. But. Right. Yeah, I didn't want to work there before. I don't want to work there now kind of thing. Right. All right. Uh, so that's uh, three for commentary. For atmosphere, we give a point for the great opening video with the end is here blasting. A point for Puddle of Mud's control. It's a classic pay-per-view theme for this one. A point for the, of course, Edge Rob Zombie entrance. A point for the big famous or pop. A point for the huge pop for Lita. A point for the main event. Everything. Uh, atmosphere. We give two, actually, for that. So the crowd is so into that main event, and it really plays yeah, they definitely uh, help bolster it up. Uh, for our minuses, we only have one, and that is the crowd being pretty dead for all the women except for Lita. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that that crowd is definitely tapping by that point, but they fire back up for the main event. Uh, so that's a plus five for atmosphere. For notable moments, we gave a point to Edge winning the IC title, a point for the U.S. title going away, getting consolidated, a point for the hints of a test and Stacy flirtation. 
a point for the Dudleys unifying the tag team titles, a point for Jeff Hardy deciding to take a big risk instead of winning, a point for Tess winning immunity, a point for the return of the women's title, a point for Trish winning the women's title, a point for Jazz's pay-per-view debut, a point for Kurt Angle returning to Team WF and being the mole, a point for WF eliminating the alliance for good, and a point for selfish Chris Jericho setting up his big heel run by attacking The Rock. And I guess we should add a point since we did the U.S. title. Um, or we'll just do, well, I'll just put it that U.S. and WCW titles are gone. So I'll just kind of yeah. combine that. I feel like we all, all WCW titles are gone. That works. I, I feel like we are buddy Jake and apology over at the uh, Ruthlessly Aggressive Pod because this is where uh, I guess the t- the test and Stacy uh, flirtation begins, and it's uh, it's carried over and cursed him. Uh, it's where he's at in the timeline. Test talking about boobies. Uh, for our minuses, we got DDP is now just somebody that we used to know. Mm. Uh, that is not a good thing. Uh, show gets pinned by Shane as the first one out. <laughs> he makes some big dumb mistakes. What a um, what a mess! I mean, the so guy finally gets a push in a main event run, and it's like that's what happens. Which way did he go? <laughs> oh, oh. Uh, WCW dies for good with uh, Austin as the last man standing. Uh, that feels off. Like it should have been Booker. It should have been Booker. Like should have been Booker mm-hmm. spot, but. Uh, you know, like you said, it's all all vehicle to uh, get to Rock and Austin. Agreed. All right, so that is a plus nine for moments. So, of course, we knew this was a memorable show. I mean, no surprise. Three seven five for match grades for card structure. We give a point for the good use of the cage gimmick uh, because these teams are known for a lot of gimmicks. So, I think it made sense to have them in a gimmick match. A point for the big stakes matches for all the individuals and titles littered throughout. A point for the closing of the massive star power main event. Uh, I should actually give that two because all the stakes on the line with all the top guys. A point for having Vince give the big rallying speech invoking the all-time legends to hype the main event right before they go out. I thought it was a nice touch as well on the card. Yeah. Uh, for our minuses here, we've got a uh, random opener. Doesn't really fit um, or do much for the vibe of the card. Feels like a time filler. Um, I should have focused on the higher stake mat- matches uh, besides the main event. Um, feels like the matches with the only stakes are the title matches. Um, and those are like the ones that mean something for the future. Because again, if you have a title, it kind of secures your uh, your job security there. Um, could have added a couple more steps throughout the night. Um, Hardy Dudley's feels like we're stuck. It's been them forever this whole season. Uh, main event should have had some more desperate chaos from everybody. Something closer to the uh, the inaugural brawl was what I was expecting. This yeah, again, I agree. yeah. underperformed a bit. Um, uh, yeah, it should have been like all the rosters brawling, um, backstage mayhem instead of people just watching on monitors. Um, you know, like they're watching the end of the uh, the Masters or something. Like, do something really big, right? Yeah, so they should all be out there fighting for their lives. Like that's what this is about, right? Like everyone should have came out as Austin and Rock are fighting. Everyone brawls around the ring. They're all thrown down. Make it feel like Armageddon or the end times, and they're all this is it. Like or fight backstage pre-tape, whatever, you know, like show them all brawling around the back. They're fighting in this locker and they're fighting in catering. Like give us the refs are fighting. Everyone's fighting. Make it feel like an explosion and ending. Instead, Rock just beats Austin and Vince comes out and puts his arms up. Like they didn't feel like everyone throwing, emptying the bucket at the, at the ring to try and save their job. We should have had everyone coming out and trying to get involved in the match. That would have added a, a much cooler vibe to what this is. And it was supposed to be something different and exciting from what it normally would be. So 
Can you imagine if everybody's fighting and then like Jr. finally socks Heyman? Yeah, that would be awesome. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like awesome, you know, the yeah. refs are brawling down the aisle. Like everyone should be. The girls are going at it. Like everyone should have been fighting. Even you could even stage some fans or something. Like you know, like they spill over the barricade. They're fighting. Like just something to make it feel like this is really it. This is the end. Um, yeah, and Jr. punching Heyman would have been awesome at the end. That would have been fantastic. Um, so anyway, all that said, we give it two for card structure, uh, for rewatchability. We have a point for the Alliance war room prep sessions. Austin's just in his final stand as a heel. I mean, this is it for him the next night. It's going back the other way. So he really lets loose a point for Regal pulling to Jerry horizontal while his head is tangled in the ropes. Regal's blood is onto Jerry's face. Like it's just a really nasty looking spot. A point for Jeff diving off the uh, top of the cage through the table. And then a point for the famous sir before he gets knocked out. Uh, for our biases, we've got uh, the weird Hardys and Lita backstage uh, segment. It was supposed to be a conversation. Uh, it's so weird. Uh, it doesn't feel natural at all. Oh, we got Taz looking like a goof uh, arguing with Heyman. Um, and Billy Gunn just tosses him easily. Uh, Jazz almost murders Lita uh, with her first spot. <laughs> um, rough start. Um, the ending with Vince celebrating just feels so hollow. Um, it just feels like... Uh, you might as well be pissing on the legacy <laughs> of uh, WCW and ECW. Yep, as always. Um, all right, so that is a zero for rewatchability. We had one all-time match. That is the uh, main event. And that brings us a total war score, Marcus, of 28.75. Um, so that ties it with Money in the Bank 2011 and Judgment Day 01. Um, but we usually go by best match, right? Yes. So Money in the Bank 11 has got to be best match, I would think. Yeah, that's a, that's a fiver. A punk Cena, right? Yeah. Let's just confirm. Yep, that's a fiver. So that's first. Uh, but what about Judgment Day? Do we have a cumulative better than four and a quarter there? Let's see. Uh, ooh, we do. Benoit Angle actually matches this. So what's the next best match? We had tag team turmoil at three seven five and four at Judgment Day. Do we have anything better than that? I don't think so. Crazy. All right, <laughs> it's gonna finish behind Judgment Day, which I would not have predicted when nope. we started this, but here we're at. So it's right above Rumble two thousand, um, and that is tied for ninth all time. And based on tiebreaker, we'll finish eleventh at this moment. Uh, I'm not. I guess I'm not super surprised because even when I was watching it, it kind of felt like Money in the Bank to me, uh, yeah. 2011. So the fact that it ended up with the same score, um, I guess it's you know kudos to us for uh, having having the uh, the science down now. But uh, yeah, it felt like a good comparison show. Um, I think it's a, a really good show. Definitely, you know, getting close to rarefied air for us. But I don't think it's going to end up being quite the all time classic uh, that we remember it being. Yeah, I mean, well, maybe not all time great, but it's, I mean, it's a top 11 show. <laughs> we see, yeah. Like, that's pretty all time when you look at the number of total pay per views, which I don't, I think Aaron's got the total number, but it's whatever ridiculous amount of shows. I mean, I know it's got to drop as we add more, but right. if it settles somewhere like top 25, like that's, you know, still top, top of the list. Um, so it still did very well, of course, all time. Oh, one is doing very well. Uh, we have one two, three, four, five shows in the top 11. Oh, did I count that right? One, 
two, no, four. Four in the top 11, five in the top 14. Six in the top, no, seven in the top 20. So of our top 20 shows, seven are from 2001 alone. So, I mean, that's, that is a very strong season. And it's our number one right now, SummerSlam on one. So. That's right. All right. Uh, we are doing one more show here tonight, bud. Uh, we're going to talk Vengeance 2001 to wrap things up. So why don't we go ahead and dive into that. It was December 9th, 2001 from the San Diego Sports Arena in San Diego, California. 11,800 in attendance. Uh, Jim Ross and the returning Jerry the King Lawler on commentary. Uh, as we know, the next night after Survivor Series, we had the, um, you know, Dallas, JR come out of the shower moment where WCW is gone. The evasion's over. Uh, Paul Heyman gets carried out and fired. He started pretending like he just worked there and he gets dragged off. The King is back uh, in commentary. And of course, at the end of the night, Ric Flair made his debut. And we kick off the brand new storyline, which is Vince McMahon is the heel owner. And now he has a brand new co-owner because the consortium was me. Woo! As he bought the company from Shane and Stephanie, uh, their half. So Flair and Vince are now at odds as co-owners. Vince, pure heel again. Kurt Angle, pure heel again, aligned with Vince. Chris Jericho is your t- one of your top heels. Steve Austin's going to be a top face again. <clears throat> Him and The Rock. Which is why, going back to what we talked about Survivor Series, like, having the evasion come down to Austin versus Rock, like, would just, to me, ends up being so silly. Because, yes, they're the two biggest names. Yes, they're the two biggest stars. Yes, Austin was the biggest guy. But it's like, the history of all the history of WCW and ECW ha- handled this way. And in the final moments, it's two guys known to have been carrying the WF through their hottest years. Like it just, it rang a little hollow to me that it, those two guys were in the end. And I think you could have done a surprise and had Austin get eliminated earlier mm. and like <clears throat> had it come down to RVD surprisingly, or come down to Booker you know, maybe Rock Booker is anticlimactic, I guess, but it's like no one thought the Alliance was fucking winning anyway. But then at least it feels like a WCW guy is at the last stand. Because when you look at that team, it's Shane McMahon, you know, RVD, Austin, Booker, and who was the other one? Uh, am I missing? Who am I missing? Angle. Angle. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, you know, a guy who's never been in either company. Um, yeah, to me, that was we talked about it, but getting back to it again for a minute, that was like, I think, one of the worst decisions of the whole thing. Um, but anyway, that sets us up for this world where Austin turns back to being faced, forgets like nothing ever happened. The glass breaking is back. Everything else is gone. So, like, we're just kind of right back to where we were in what before Dallas uh, before um, Houston, I mean, at WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Right. We're back in like February. Uh, it's like none of that ever happened. Austin was never heel. Vince never was in love with him. Vince was never a face in the evasion. It's like all that stuff is just washed away. Yeah, I think the only thing I was a really big fan of was uh, Flair coming in. Like that felt like that was after a good you deal. finish. Yeah, after you finish like a big angle like this, it's like okay, mm-hmm. what's next? This is a pretty good like what's next. The consortium. <laughs> the consortium. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, and I mean. It's one of those things where you could say, like, well, why didn't they just use him in the friggin' invasion? <laughs> they could have used his star power. Um, but I, get, I, don't, I know he wasn't ready, I don't think, as part of it. And it's fine, because they ended up needing him, like you said, after. So I don't know if he would have had mm-hmm. the same impact if he's just there in the invasion. Yeah, I think he's better used uh, post-invasion, personally. All right. So 
let's get into our matches here. We had one heat match. That was the APA defeating Billy Gunn and Chuck Palumbo. Uh, more to come from them, I think, in the future. And that brings us to our opening match, the Hip Hop Hippos. We talked about it to start our night. Scotty Tuhati teaming with Albert, taking on Christian and Test. And uh, another surprising win for Scotty. <laughs> they win the Hippos, win this match to kick off the show. Two and a half, about as replacement level as you get. Um, but I was pretty shocked, Marcus, these guys won. Like, Christian getting a pretty decent push. Test has won the Immunity Battle Royal, so they obviously liked him enough for that. Um, were you surprised the Hippos won? Yeah, it feels like an obvious spot where Christian and Test are going to be up. It feels like they have a lot more upside. But, again, like, we know the tag team division is is really shallow. And, you know, Scotty had some good momentum going before the uh, he goes out with the neck injury. So uh, maybe this is them trying to, like, make good and pick back up with where Scotty was. And they always have a soft spot for Albert too. Mm -hmm. um, he feels like he's always like uh, a level below test and like the, the prioritizing of, you know, big men that have something that they want to push. So it was just like a chance to, you know, kind of get behind Scotty and Albert, but yeah, it really does seem like this was primed for Christian test to pick up an easy one. Yep. Uh, but two and a half for me as well. All right. Uh, takes us to our intercontinental title match as our champion Edge successfully defends against uh, no longer the fighting commissioner, uh, but still William Regal. I went three. Uh, really solid stuff from these two. Um, kind of waiting to see like when is Edge gonna like take that next step up? Mm -hmm. But until he does, like you know, continually having these restart matches, it's it's not a bad thing either. Like he's not sinking. Um, right, yeah, yeah. as just, much as you want to see, but he's doing fine. Yeah, this is a pretty famous feud um, because there's one again, like your point. You're kind of waiting for Edge to break out, right? Like, where is that? This is like, you know, and a little bit of Regal too in the WF is like that. Like, his legacy is so great. He's such a good worker, but didn't always translate in the matches in the WF. So this felt like really one that could give them both a chance to shine. Like, all right, upper mid card. Edge is breaking out. He's in there with a great worker like Regal. This should be like classic stuff. But I think the memory of it is always that it just never really, um, it is, their styles don't really ever mesh. That was my my memory of it all, you know? So, um, and I think it held so far. So I gave it a three, like you. Uh, I thought it was good, solid, but the it didn't go next level. And that was my memory of it. That their styles didn't quite mesh. So we'll see. We got a series between the two of them coming. But um, all right, up next is the big uh, long-awaited battle of the Hardys. Matt Hardy versus Jeff Hardy. Of course, they had their issues. Uh, Matt ends up turning slightly heel. He didn't really go full on heel, but he's pretty much the heel on this. Lead is the referee. I think this got hurt by the expectations. Um, it had that Mr. Perfect Shawn Michaels style syndrome where like, you know, this is going to be like an all time great. These two guys know each other, you know, they're going to fly around the ring and have like this crazy match uh, and it ended up just being fine. I, th I think they struggled a bit to meet those expectations like edge and Christian. I think this should have been a gimmick um, because we saw it with edge and Christian. They struggled in the first match. It was better in the latter match. Unless you're Chad. Um, and I think this could have been like a similar situation where I think if you just put them in a ladder match or a tables match or something and let them go at it, might have been a bit of a better structure and let them play to their strengths versus trying to have like a map-based match that no one really wanted to see. Yeah, like I can see why they didn't want to jump to a gimmick match so early, but like that's just the style that these dudes have, have right. cornered during this time period and it's, it's what we expect. So like 
you know, we have plenty of good wrestlers on the roster right now. Like, you know, seeing Jeff and Matt have a wrestling match isn't going to do much anything for anybody at this point in time. So solid enough three for me. Um, good piece of business there with Lita uh, as the ref. That was all right. But yeah, doing something with like a tables match or, you know, something like that, I think would have played better to their strengths. Mm-hmm. Uh, we go now to the world tag team title match as the Dudley boys defend against Big Show and Kane. Show! Uh, that's not here, but uh, early tag match for Big Show and Kane. Uh, I went two and a half. Just okay. The Dudley boys are really uh, just really stuck. Feels like they've they've maxed out of what they can offer. Like, yeah, what are they going to do at this point? Like, this is where the tag division stuff really hurts because, again, we're whittling away. We no more Edge and Christian, no more Hardys. Like, showing Kane thrown together as a team is like, I guess. Um, and the Dudleys as heels, you know, at least if they were going back as faces, you could have them get the table pop and come out, you know, throw people around. I think that maybe it would suit them better here. I think the heel turn was good for them. I think they needed it. But I think at this point, it's kind of like, okay, what are they going to do as heels? Like, there's no plucky top face team to really battle them, like, you know, in that war. So they're kind of the last team standing. This was whatever. I went two and a half. Fine. Uh, the finish was good. I like the finish. Uh, all right. We then go to uh, one of my favorite matches of the night, and that is Rob Van Dam defending his hardcore title against The Undertaker. And The Undertaker wins the hardcore title. And if you would have said to anybody a month before this or two months before this, in December, The Undertaker is going to beat Rob Van Dam for the hardcore title, people would have lost their fucking minds. They would have been like, oh, here we go again. Um, just like 2000, he's squashing the young guys and killing But in this magic month between Survivor Series and Vengeance, The Undertaker completely has reinvented his career, cut his hair short. Um, seemed to get a little bit in better shape. And he's out here throwing bombs and soup bombs and brawling up and down the aisle with RVD looking like a punch-drunk Sandman, you know, wobbling around. And this match, Fox, I mean, it's really, really good. Uh, I've always loved this match, and it kicks off the rebirth of The Undertaker. It seemed completely dead in the water. And we tore this guy a new one at SummerSlam and at Unforgiven, right? And now, over the last year and a half, has been like one of the laziest, out-of-shape workers we've seen in the company. And now, suddenly, he's like, you know hustling big man worker with an attitude uh, who looks like a drunk bar brawler. So I love this. I went three and a quarter, which I think that hot, you know, crazy overshoots what they could have realistically expected to do. So 11 minutes of just like fun, drunken barroom fighting. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Undertaker, Mark from Texas is fully in his uh, Metallica verse Napster mode with the haircut. <laughs> um, I went three and a quarter. This is the dude's rock match of the night. Uh, this was just a lot of fun. I knew I was going to like it coming into it and it did not disappoint. Uh, and Van Dam, like, not like he's looked at a place at all during the season. He's faced big stars, but like, this is the biggest one-on-one match we've seen him have this season. Um, and he looked like he belonged in there with Undertaker. And, you know, some might say he got a great match out of Undertaker. I think it's a little bit more uh, 50-50 oh, yeah. than yeah. Undertaker gets credit for. Um, yeah, he he had a spark lit under him uh, for this run. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Uh, takes us to our women's title match. Well, a lot of title matches tonight. Uh, as Trish is going to successfully defend against Jacqueline. Um I went with a war of two for this match. I went ahead with a one seven five. Um, 
you know, I think this is where we're going to hurt a little bit. Some short-term pain for potential long-term gain with Trish in this role, right? She's not quite ready for prime time. Jackie tries to do her best to lead her through it. Jackie's kind of aging a bit as well. You know, can, she can still work. I mean, she's obviously one of the greats, but um, they don't quite click here. So this felt like, okay, we're still sputtering a bit. But again, like Trish is slowly putting it together. We're going to spend the next X amount of months investing in her to suffer through the pain because no one expects anything from the women's division anyway. So if she's out there having three minute matches where she's not quite clicking, it's okay because we're working on all the pieces coming together and they do, it pays off like a year later, right. Um, where it all comes together for her and she becomes one of the best ever. So, um, you know, investing in, in accepting that pain now definitely pays off in the long run for them. Kind of like our boy, uh, Volpe right now. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully it pays off. Um, JT, what do we got next? All right, we're going to kick off our mini tournament here for the Undisputed Championship. So we're merging the WWF title with the WCW title. The WWF title is on the line first, and that is Steve Austin taking on Kurt Angle. Uh, you know, this is what the third uh, straight, well, not straight, but third one-on-one pay-per-view match we've seen between the two of them this season. Of course, they had a TV match, and then they had the three-way with RVD. And this is obviously a notch below. Um, Unforgiven and, and definitely below SummerSlam. Those just had way more heat behind it. We're back to the traditional roles now with Austin in a face role against Angle as a heel. Um, it was a little anticlimactic going in, right? You're thinking uh, we're going to get Austin Rock here, so Austin's going to win this. Uh, but that said, I still think it was a very good match. I went four stars. Um, you know, their chemistry is still there. Everything clicks for them. Um, but yeah. Yeah, Angle feels, I don't know. Not the same as as he did in like August, uh, in like the summer. But Austin, though, I I keep expecting Austin to like take the step down, and I haven't seen it yet. Uh, even here in late '01, uh, he's still firing on all cylinders. So four for me, uh, not anywhere near the SummerSlam match. Um, no. but that was just you know lightning in a bottle, perhaps. Um, but still, you consider there's uh you know. Another match to go for Austin. Uh, I think these two going out there and giving a, a four-star match is, is really something. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second half of our title equation is uh, The Rock taking on Chris Jericho, and Jericho is going to uh, win slash retain the WCW title. Uh, I went with four and a quarter. These guys just have tremendous chemistry. Um, this is a big night for Jericho. Obviously, this... Um, I don't know if it makes his career, but it's going to be the night, uh, you know, that that really made him, as far as the WWF goes, uh, and they they get behind him. So this is a, a really really solid effort um, and a really big first step in doing so. Yeah, uh, I went four and a quarter. So at no mercy, I had them at four and a half. So I feel like this is a slight step, and in my memory, coming in their feud felt like diminishing a little bit. Like I remember the raw match. I felt like it was maybe the best or that no mercy match. Then this one, then the rumble. I feel like it was, a, everyone kind of was a step down from the previous. I'd say this was the big upset. I think it seemed like for sure we were going to get Austin rock. I mean, we got it at survivor series kind of feel like maybe we're headed that way for mania still at this point on some level. Um, mania is like pretty open. I don't know if I forget the rumors already there for Hogan coming in, but like, I guess you're thinking Austin Rock, or you know, I guess Triple H is coming back, so maybe something with him. But there's still a lot of questions here. So I thought for sure Rock Austin for the undisputed title was a, was a path here. Um, so when when Jericho won, I think it was a pretty big upset again that he beat the Rock. Four and a quarter for me. That brings us to a final match of 
Chris Jericho versus Stone Cold Steve Austin for the Undisputed Championship. Uh, I don't think these guys have the greatest chemistry. We'll see it again in a couple of months. Um, but I ended up going three and a half. I think they're both a little gassed. Like, you know, I know it's a mini tournament. It's only two matches, but they both had longish matches. Like Austin went 15. Jericho went 19. Uh, now they have to go here again right after. You know, Jericho looks gassed coming right off the 20-minute match. Um, they only go 12. And Chris Jericho, uh, with an assist from his friends, of course, ends up winning the Undisputed Champion. Leaves this night a very unlikely sole world title holder in the Dodo EF. And... Um, you know, they're they're hyper pushing him. This is his chance. They're going with it. Can't say they're making him look super strong in the process. They're, you know, he is beating the rock, but it's usually with some chicanery. He has a little chicanery here. So we'll see now. The question is, is he going to hold it till Mania? Or are we going to get what we've got in the last couple of years where the No Way Out pay-per-view sees the title change and set up the Mania main event? Yeah, there is a lot of questions with uh, Triple H's in, imminent return. Uh, and of course, we're still in like, we didn't know at the time, uh, but it feels like, you know, we're still in, you know, in the peak of Austin, uh, even though we don't have too much longer left to him. Um, so it's like, where's room for Jericho, but they made room for him. Uh, it's a cool moment. Three and a half for me as well. Uh, and it does set up more questions and answer as we, uh, we head into the Royal rumble and uh, get into WrestleMania season trademark uh, Michael Cole. So that gives us a total war score of match grades for five and a half, which is pretty strong for Vengeance. Kind of a lost little show at the end of the year. Let's see how the rest of the categories do. Let's get into the build. We gave a point for the hard reset Dallas dream uh, with, uh, like we said, you know, all the big changes happening and almost forget completely about the evasion. Ric Flair debuts and buys half of the WWF. So, you know, I think on the fly here, should we bump that? Is that a three Flair coming back? I mean, feels like it's a three. It is really big. It was a really big return. I'm good going three. Okay. All right. Uh, all right. So plus three for that. A point for the Kiss My Ass Club. Vince getting the payoff of Rikishi after Rock tortures him for making a few people kiss his ass. Jim Ross and uh, William Regal. We get the hip-hop hippos forming. Uh, Edge of Regal's title feud ramping up. The Hardy split finally happening with Lita in the middle. A point for The Undertaker turning heel, killing JR and cutting his hair. We actually give two for that. It's a pretty big moment as well. Uh, and then a point for the title tournament setting up to merge the world titles with the top four guys from the evasion. And then the Rikishi return from the injury for that uh, kiss my ass segment, like I mentioned a moment ago. All right. For our minuses, we've got uh, Heyman out and King is in. Uh, we got a random opener with uh, no build. Uh, odd heel pairing there with uh, with Test and Christian. We got the tag team division is being uh, really empty outside of the Dudleys and Hardys. And now the Hardys seem split. Um, what else do we have here? And uh, we've got randoms women matches. Um, with you know, Jackie seems to be on ice. Uh, you know, nothing, nothing really happening, but again, it's long term investment, so short term growing pains. Mm -hmm. All right, so that is a nine for build. So, you know, I, I feel like this little month gets some shit and some flack for you know, kind of re hard doing that hard reset and moving on quickly, but they did a lot of work in this few weeks sense of virus series to here to really shake things up and give us some compelling stuff coming in. So uh, commentary, we gave a point for JR asking when the last time we saw a ref with a thong was, and that's Lita, of course, a point for JR and King telling the story of Undertaker's motivations. They did a nice job there. And a point for JR working overtime to the big title matches to keep the energy and excitement and make this feel like a big deal. 
Yeah, tournament with high stakes is right up uh, Jim Ross's alley. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, a little flashback to like 86 or 87, it uh, sounded like. Uh, for our minuses, we've got Heyman out for King. We went minus three there. It is such a drastic drop off. Uh, oh. It just feels like we're going backwards. Uh, King is already annoying immediately with um, stupid jokey nicknames for the teams like the Hippos. And uh, King is back with the stupid puppy stuff. Uh, lots of critiques about uh, the shapes of boobs, and uh, he gets obsessed with Trish's black brawl. Minus two overall there. All right, so that's a uh, no minus three actually. Am I looking at something wrong? Oh, oh, the point was minus two. The total is minus three <laughs> for commentary. It's the king effect though. Like yeah. we had Heyman, we the commentary did very well through most of the season with Jared Heyman. As soon as King's back, we're like back in the shitter with the commentary. He's just such a negative presence from what we had for most of the season. I wish they just could have kept Heyman. Like, I don't know if he wanted off of it, but, um, or, you know, we had a split coming. Like, could you have held off on King or maybe use them both? We have two shows. Like Heyman could have stuck around and had some, I will give you SmackDown, you know, whatever. If you're, if he does a kiss my ass, whatever it could have been, right. He could have kept around at least on one of the shows. Um, you know, King coming back is just, such a downgrade in quality overall. Could we even try like a three-man booth? But right, yeah. I mean, you could have done that too with yeah. King just being the comedy relief. Um, he's just so fucking annoying. Uh, nice. All right, atmosphere. We give a point for the fantastic opening with Freddie Blassie playing the uh, with the orchestra playing the Hall, uh, Hall of the Mountain King. He's got the thing running and all that, and and it's like all the fast-paced footage. Like I thought it was really good. Uh, a point for the crowd being all over Vince during the open. Just a hot stretch when he comes out. A point of use, as usual for Edge's entrance with Rob Zombie. A point for the big pop for Undertaker despite the heel turn. A point for the crowd being red hot for RVD. And the huge Austin pops are back. Uh, yeah, sure. baby. Right away. Our boy Stone Cold's back. Uh, for the minuses, we got the crowd uh, just chanting for puppies during the women's match. It's uh, disappointing to see in here. Uh, the crowd in Arena felt like a Raw or SmackDown. Uh, they're in like San Diego, right? Like it's, yeah. This is the first pay per view, I think, this season that doesn't feel, mm -hmm. or the arena doesn't feel like a pay per view. It doesn't feel like a big market. Um, yeah. yeah. It just felt awful all night. Uh, the sledgehammer imagery being used on the Chiron and Triple H being on the event poster, uh, yeah. even on the network, but he's not mentioned Ortiz during the night. So I don't know if they thought he was going to be back. I know the Korea I'm pretty Service sure is... that was the original plan. They expected him back because okay. he was all over the ad and they leaked that and it seemed like he'd be there. And then he wasn't quite ready or they decided to hold off because he just show up like two weeks later. So maybe they didn't think he was ready for the build back and they decided to change it. But I think because they do those promo materials way in advance. I think they assumed he'd be back by that show. Originally, Can you, uh, you and Aaron should imagine the what if if uh, Triple, <laughs> Triple H comes, comes back. back at Vengeance instead of uh, Madison Square Garden and messes up the business for the next thirty years. But... <laughs> <laughs> I think like a cool what if for this one too could be um, because this is what I thought they were going to do was I said Austin Rock to unify the belts, but at Mania, like I'm surprised they actually did it here. It's like they wanted everything done, like. Mm -hmm. Invasion over, belts unified, and done. I thought that would have been, if you're not going to keep the invasion going on Mania, which I think they could have done too, if they would have been a little bit more smart about how they deployed their assets, they could have gotten to Mania with, with that being the blow-off. If not, I'm, I was shocked they didn't do Austin Rock title for title at Mania and just end, you know, unify it to close Mania with one of those guys. Like, that surprised me as well. So, All right, so it's a plus three for Atmosphere. 
Uh, notable moments. We give a point for the first ever Hardy Hardy match, a point for Undertaker winning the hardcore title, a point for Jericho beating Rock for the U, uh, WCW title, two points for Jericho winning the Undisputed title. It's something he'll carry for years. He beat Austin Rock on the same night and everything. Uh, and then a point for Booker returning to cost Austin despite having no job. We mentioned earlier that uh, Jericho had some help from his friends. Of course, we had Angle, we got a Booker, we got Vince. So there's a lot going on here. Uh, so yeah, Booker had been off TV since the series and he sneaks out here and costs Austin. Yeah, huge night for Jericho, like you said. Like it doesn't make his career, but this he gets the most mileage out of this night. Yeah. Um, out of anything he ever does. Uh for our minuses, we have Christian losing clean to uh the zoo crew, the the hippos. Yeah. Uh WCW is officially dead and buried RIP. Uh and no Austin Rock big finale after building toward it all year. Um almost even felt like I don't know. Like you're kind of setting the crowd up for failure when you build to like Rock Austin, and then you get Jericho. Like it just yeah, like it felt like that's where they were headed for sure. And and I'm not saying I wanted it necessarily again to be there, but that was your story all year from WrestleMania, right? Was that like Austin and McMahon screwed the Rock? Rock was out. He comes back. He helps Team WF win. Like I wouldn't have. I know they were dying because Austin's pops. I think I would have tried to hold out on Austin a few more months as a heel. Like, why mm. is he suddenly back in the graces of Vince as a heel? Like, I think they could have dragged the remnants of the invasion till Mania. Even if it's not the full invasion, it could have been the epilogue of the invasion up until Mania. Austin is still struggling where, where he fits in. Vince is kind of a face, but he's starting to go back to his asshole ways. Flair's now in the mix, throwing wrenches everywhere. You know, and then, then you blow it off at Mania. Rock unifies the belts or whatever you want to do. And then Austin turns after that. And maybe that prolongs Austin's run as well. If you give another four months of being, because he was still hot as a heel. Like he was still great in that role. Um, all right. So that's a plus three for notable moments. We have a total 5.5 on match grades. Card structure. We give a point to starting with the big uh, Vince Flair promo to start the new era. A point for starting matches with a hot act to engage the crowd with the hip hop hippos. A point for the rolling with the three world title matches at the end because it's extra intensity while Jericho's dying on the mat. Austin's limping to the ring. Really made it feel like an even bigger battle. Yep. Uh, for our minuses, we have uh, weird how the invasion is just gone. Like you said, uh, just wait. Too much stuff happening week to week. Uh, just it's like a dream sequence. The like they woke up from yeah. a dream. Yep. Uh, never talked about. Just back to normal there. And then uh, Jericho needing Vince and Booker to win the two big matches um, just hurts the whole build some, especially mm-hmm. when you built it up as like this is kind of the end all be all one champion, one undisputed champion for the first time and history um to have it happen that way feels lesser than yep so that's a plus one for card structure rewatchability a point for angle ranting about flair who's just agreeing with angle when he keeps going uh it's so great yeah yeah you're great we like it. yeah you're the best <laughs> and angle just keeps <laughs> ranting at him um a point for the 3d onto big show i mentioned this earlier the finish of the tag title match was great they 3d him onto the exposed turnbuckle which is really cool yeah uh a point for undertaker's drunk old man brawling which uh, was really fun to watch at a point for the video package set to the song center for the unification matches. Uh, for our minuses, we've got, uh, Oh my gosh, Cade's boot already flapping. In the oh, as soon as the match starts this whole season, Kane's boot. Uh, I don't know why, cover, he could, why they couldn't undone. fix that fucking thing. I don't get it. It's constantly, uh, TV pay-per-view all season. Um, big show pantsing Stacy and then, uh, licking his hand and giving her a spanking. Uh, don't like that. 
something I really didn't like uh, was the uh, test uh, gaslighting and, and creeping on Trish mm-hmm. going in and, and talking about like how she wants it and he can't be fired. Like of all the things you could do with test, all right. the, the stuff with not being fired, um, you know, he should be using that to like go after the world title or go after some of these, these upper mid card main event kind of guys. And instead he's, creeping on the women that he looks like a badass like coming out of the yeah destroying scotty and winning the battle royal like he looked he looked awesome like carry that on yeah he should be up there in like that undertaker rvd mix um outside of the main event uh we got jericho's terrible sharpshooter um of course he's not really canadian that would explain that um yeah and he's just slightly holding rock's ankles up i mean at one point Um, he's literally standing forward just holding his ankles like why even bother just do a fucking boston crab Like, like what are we doing it's fitting that he's doing it to Rock, I guess, since he's the king of the shitty sharpshooters. Um, all right, so that's a wash. No, a zero for rewatchability. We gave a plus one for Rock Jericho for all-time matches. Uh, so that gives us a total war score of 19.5 for Vengeance 2001. So that slots in Marcus at uh, undisputed number 35. How do you feel about that? All right. I uh, feel good. I mean, it's... 35 so it's it's almost top of the yeah, it's a little uh, higher end, top yeah. third yeah okay because we got we got 89 shows so that's a little better than a third top third or so no overperformed but i'd say overall that the tournament uh really delivered like those final three matches um were all really good and it delivered as promised so i think that definitely helps carry a lot of the weight of the show and we had that uh it's a half point behind invasion and Judgment Day, and just above Survivor Series 11, and XC Brooklyn 4, so, and the first takeover. So, I mean, it's it's in some, like, pretty decent territory here. Yeah. Um, I think I think being a half point behind Invasion is not something I would have guessed coming in, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually surprised that Invasion is one of the worst shows we've had for a one. It's kind of crazy, but... Yeah. Um, Alright, do you want to... Uh, well, I, I don't know. Well, you want to quickly do our top ten, I guess? I would say we talked through most of them earlier, but before we wrap up, no, no, let's let's do it. Good refresher. All right, our tenth place. Uh, well, we have a tie for tenth, so let's cover all three of them. It's uh, Money in the Bank eleven, Judgment Day one, Survivor Series one, all tied at twenty eight and three quarters. So why don't you start with our eighth uh, show? Uh, Backlash two thousand one with a twenty nine point two five. Right about that, Royal Rumble twenty sixteen with thirty two. Uh, WrestleMania twenty one with a thirty three point five. SummerSlam fifteen with a thirty five two five. Royal Rumble 2005 with a 36.5. SummerSlam 1999 tied for second at 38.25. Uh, we also have SummerSlam 1992 with a 38.25, but the tiebreaker. Current leader in the clubhouse, SummerSlam 2001 at 39. Something about the SummerSlams. Always do well. We'll see. So we got uh, two more episodes of War to cover for the season. Next episode, we'll do Rumble and No Way Out. And then uh, a month from today, we'll be doing WrestleMania 18 and our season-ending awards. So until then, continue to live your life above replacement level. Thank you for watching, subscribing, liking, and commenting. And we'll talk to you. Back up, y'all.